0: there's legitimate questions surrounding COVID-19 vaccines that were approved in record time and for which manufacturers and those administering it are indemnified. Of course, the media has no questions. The medical profession has been silenced by regulators and the public remains ignorant of basic facts due to the might of official propaganda. Dr Judy Wileyman is well placed to talk about the facts and science surrounding the current vaccine debate. Dr Wileyman is Australia's leading authority on the historical control of infectious diseases. And Dr Wileyman has spent many years investigating the correlation between the decline in children's health and the increased use of vaccines. Our second guest is John O'Sullivan, CEO of Principia Scientific International, an organisation dedicated to transparency and truth, and the only publishing international science association shunning political advocacy and defending the traditional scientific method. Judy and John, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Look, Judy, why is this injection being promoted as a vaccine when it does not fulfill any of the World Health Organization's criteria for a drug to be labelled a vaccine?
1: Well, there's a couple of reasons for this. And um, um, the main one is that there's no one to make the um, uh, medical board accountable for the science that they're providing. Um, And this has happened because money is the power to control the knowledge. And over the last few decades, um, the universities, the research institutions have all been um, brought over and funded um, by the medical industry complex. And um, the suppression of vaccination debate has been suppressed. And the other factor in here is that the, pub- the, the people that are awake, uh, we don't have a voice to make our government accountable. Um, because, of course, the media uh, is also uh, corporate-sponsored. So what we've had here is literally um, an indoctrination program about vaccines, about the word vaccine. Uh, This has happened over about 30 years, actually. Uh, You can trace it right back to 1986 when they um, removed liability for any product, any drug that they could call a vaccine. Um, and so this is where we've arrived today, 30 years later, with the collaboration of the media, uh, with the medical industry, literally now sponsoring universities. They're, they're, um, they've bought the university logo. And um, that's where anybody who speaks up um, to uh, debate the science or present the public interest in this issue, which is risks of vaccines, it gets simply dismissed as anti-vaccination. And, um, you know, this word vaccine, uh, you know, it's been we've been indoctrinated to believe that there's a drug that that doesn't have side effects that you can inject into genetically diverse populations, a drug that if there is a side effect, it's very rare. They use this word rare. And of course, when the media doesn't report on the side effects, there's this biased perception of the drug. And that's been happening for 30 years. And they've also rewritten the history Which is what I discovered when I did my research. My research is into the control of of infectious diseases um, in Australia, particularly, but that's of course um, global or in all developed countries. And uh, since they've removed liability from uh, vaccine, the word, a drug that's called a vaccine, uh, they've also claimed that vaccines control these diseases. When of course the risk from these diseases was removed around 1950 and 60 without any of these vaccines being developed um, so they can now just use words to convince people of the, the um, safety and efficacy of a drug uh, they've used the word vaccine and this is falsely advertising this genetic technology uh, which has is untested it's an experiment on the population and and has some very serious adverse events that are, are well known and um, anyone that speaks up will be accused of being an anti-vaxxer. Uh, the media is very um, uh, derogatory, denigrated, ridiculed, as I have been for 10 years. Um, and then the other word they brought into the vocabulary um, after 1906 was you call infectious diseases vaccine-preventable diseases, implying that these drugs are effective, when in fact they were never used to control and remove the risk from these diseases, and the risk being the hospitalisations and deaths to these diseases. Um, So, yeah, we're at a very interesting time in history where bullying, intimidation and ridicule and the use of labels, um, you know, is being used to tell people how to think.
0: Do you find it, uh, Judy, um, really interesting? I mean, I talk to uh, my family who don't talk to me much, but I I endeavour to be uh, civil about this whole thing. Two things. One, just came to my my mind then. One, we have this great divide now because there's the haves and the have-nots, but they're also... The, the the haves have become medical experts and they will tell you that it's safe do you find both these uh these instances uh, concerning and um, and uh, and not not good for the future
1: absolutely uh, they've created a divided society by suppressing the academic debate of um, vaccines and and their input into controlling cases of these diseases as compared to the best uh, um, of hospitalisation and deaths. And I find it very sad because um, in, in everybody's family, my own included, we now have people with no scientific knowledge sprouting um, science to each other and, and attempting to bait, debate the science with each other. And it's literally splitting families and friends and people are very anxious now uh, right across Australia. And um, You know, it's the the real monster here is the Australian Health Practitioner's Regulatory Authority. Um, This is an elite group of people of which I discovered the head of this body actually doesn't have a medical degree. And the Mm. debate has been um, suppressed even in the academic channels, which is a hidden barrier to the public because when I pointed out that I was being defamed and ridiculed with false and misleading information in the media, um, the university just replied in my open letter uh, that uh, debate is for the official channels
0: um, and they
1: weren't prepared to um, correct any uh, false information that was provided to me in the media about my degree and, um, uh, you know, the evidence provided. And, of course, what's happening at the universities is they're selecting out uh, this perspective of the risks of vaccines, this actual scientific evidence is being selected out of conferences
0: without a reason.
1: I'll I'll submit an abstract and that doesn't get accepted and no reason provided. And, of course, by selecting out certain um, perspectives on a scientific issue, um, they've they've now given the illusion that there's a um, consensus on the science because all the scientists, the academics, the doctors who are awake and and trying to present the risks of this injection and in fact, the lack of benefit of many vaccines. Um, They uh, are ridiculed and denigrated, their reputations destroyed um, and through these official channels now, the medical industry complex is misusing the logo of universities with um, science that's not science, it's, it's pseudoscience. If you look at the design of the studies, uh, they're completely flawed, um, and this is all about the fact that the Medical Industry Complex has now bought the peer-reviewed journals as well. Uh, they own the journals, and they're the ones um, deciding what, what papers will be published and which papers will be promoted to the, the public. You know, it, it's a fact that um, if you're an independent researcher um, providing science in the public interest, um, that won't get promoted to the public in the media. You've got to be funded, have funded science and it's industry funded science that the media is promoting. And that's where the bias is coming into the whole system. It's a hidden bias due to these institutional barriers.
0: John, is this medical tyranny surrounding vaccines a political or a scientific issue?
2: Well, you know, from what Judy just said, there's a whole uh, complex issue here of weaving politics in with science. And one of the most important speeches I ever saw that was warning us of this was in 1961. I think it was President Eisenhower. He's uh, speech leaving office. He warned about uh, the military complex, you know, and Judy refers to the medical complex the, medical complex, the industrial medical complex, the industrial military complex. You know, we have generation after generation of these corporate interests with politicians working together to subvert science for their own ends. And, um, you know, Judy's coming from this as a vaccine expert from the 1990s, where she's, you know, from knowing issues with her own children. She had had two children vaccinated, I believe, and one not vaccinated. And you learn from your own experience, what's credible and what's not. And with me over 10 years studying climate science, we've seen the same kind of weaving together of politics and science. And as Judy says, it's pseudoscience. You know, the peer review system is corrupt. Um, Everything is bought out by the billionaire class. The billionaire class own the scientific journals themselves, as we said in a previous uh, interview with you, Mike, that um, the two key uh, news broadcasting services, the two news agencies, Reuters and uh, Associated Press, are owned by the Rothschilds. You know and effectively all universities are owned by the billionaire class and when you have that degree of monopoly you really have just one voice and that one voice all we're all hearing is vaccines are wonderful but as we know and, and judy knows that um, there, there's been no actual trials of vaccines you know approved trials of vaccines for 30 years and uh I know Judy speaking from the point of view of Australia, but we know in America, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who's a lawyer, and as we said before, he's the son of the former US Attorney General, and um, nephew of former President uh, JFK, he won a lawsuit earlier this year proving that there's been no testing of vaccines for 30 years. So these people who say the vaccines are safe are lying. They're lying because they're motivated to lie, because they're profiting. And as we as we know, you can have a jab from Pfizer, a jab from AstraZeneca, or whatever, and you're talking about a thousand dollars a jab. Whereas other treatments that are just as effective for COVID nineteen, if you believe it is a separate d- disease, for example, you know, repurposed drugs like hydroxychloroquine and I- ivermectin. Proven to be very, very effective at treating this disease. And yet, because they're generic ju- drugs, they're no longer under patent, they're not a, a money spinner for Big Pharma. So it's all about follow the money. You know, who has the money? Who benefits? And like Judy says, that um, the people running your um institutions in Australia who push in the vaccine don't even have a medical or science degree. Well, look at the World Health Organization. The man behind that, pulling the strings under the World Health Organization, is no less than Bill Gates. And Bill Gates, the computer mogul, never even graduated university. And yet he's idolised as some kind of guru on vaccines. Mm. So as Judy Wright says, we're we're being led by idiots. We're being well Psychopaths is probably more the, the correct term. But uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's a nonsense, Mike. Politics and mm. science have all become mired.
0: Judy, how is the Australian government able to claim that vaccination in Australia is not mandatory, where many people are not being allowed to go home from an estate, uh, have a job, get welfare benefits, use early childhood education centres, or travel without getting an injection?
1: Well, You know, I'm going to firstly um, just clarify a point I made earlier, which is when um, the pharmaceutical companies in 1986 went to the US Congress uh, asking for liability for this product, um, they actually claimed the the reason for it was they were paying out millions of dollars in compensation for all the vaccine injuries and deaths of children that were occurring through the last decades. Uh, So they requested... Uh, liability um, because they just they, they claimed they couldn't make this life-saving product. So essentially what we have here is an industry that never had to prove um, the um, value of the uh, this drug in controlling these diseases, and they were causing significant harm in the population and still have, but the mainstream media doesn't promote it. Um, and in a country like Australia, we don't even have a vaccine injury compensation program. And that enabled literally our politicians over the last five years um, to claim that vaccines actually don't have side effects. So the public's been lied to for a long time. And with regards to this contradiction of the the Prime Minister being allowed to claim that vaccines are only voluntary, and yet um, West Australians and many other Australians can't return to their own homes now from other states without getting a jab. Uh, Children can't get an education without getting 16 um, vaccines in many, many doses. Um, And the reason for this is um, that coercive vaccination, um, firstly, vaccines have always been voluntary throughout history. They've always been voluntary because, of course, they weren't necessary to to remove the risk of deaths and illnesses. So in 2015, when Australia introduced coercive policies that prevented young children from um, entering uh, early childhood education centres, the government didn't um, bring that in through the Health Act. There's no Health Act in Australia uh, that requires mandatory or coercive vaccination. It's always been voluntary and it still is today and the, the Prime Minister has always claimed vaccination is not compulsory. What they did was they brought these coercive vaccination policies through social sciences, uh, the social sciences department, sorry, social uh, services department. And by doing that, they were able to introduce them without providing any scientific evidence to support the need for coercion. Uh, So we're not talking about using vaccines. We're talking about mandatory coercive policies that removed human rights. That it was brought in, and they didn't have to provide a single bit of. There's, there's no scientific evidence to support the necessity to use, for everybody to use these um, vaccines, and in fact, it was only brought in for uh, you know certain sections of the population. You know that it was mandatory became mandatory for some, and that was parents with young children who required welfare benefits to survive and require childcare facilities to actually maintain their jobs and their livelihoods. But our Prime Minister decided, no, no, that's a choice. They called it Choices for Families as they removed the parents' right to participate in society and to live. You can't live without money. Um, and, and therefore, it made it look voluntary. But this is all an appearance. And yet there were financial incentives, not just for the parents to have to use the vaccines, but also for doctors uh, to promote the vaccines. They get a bonus for the injections they give. Um, they get, um, uh, the medical practices actually get a large sum for raising the immunisation rates of the population. Not, they don't get the money for improving the health of the population or the health of children. They get the money for improving the immunisation rate to 95%. And that's a critical point because uh, there's been a direct dose response relationship to the decline in children's health over the last 30 years and the increased use of vaccines. And no country can promote this, these coercive vaccination policies as a health policy because children's health has significantly declined. And this has been hidden by the media. When the media doesn't report on the increase in chronic illnesses in children or the population, um, and particularly when the public the public's not educated to understand that these reactions aren't immediate, Mm. What's happening is you're injecting chemicals into the human body. There's a latent effect. It can be months and often years before Mm. those autoimmune diseases develop and the cancers. And they are significantly increased in all children and even in the adult population. So this is a crime against humanity of the biggest proportions um, because it's a genetically diverse population. And I will say that Australia's top immunologists, Uh, from the 1950s, um, Frank McFarlane Burnett actually predicted this outcome. He said that increasing the use of uh, vaccines that artificially induce the immune system uh, could destroy the genetic fabric of society because they knew knew very well at that time that viruses and bacteria on their own don't cause disease. It is the environmental factors around them, our host characteristics and our genetics, that are the key to um, how seriously uh, a, a, an infection actually um, occurs in any individual. And um, so, so there's a lot here that um, needs to be addressed. It, it, it's This has been through indoctrination, and we, we now have this um, um Unacceptable situation where um, people are being told that vaccines are only voluntary and right at this point in time um, everybody around Australia is losing their jobs because the government has given that responsibility to the corporations and businesses and organisations are now being allowed uh, to reach uh, the fundamental human rights that we have on this earth which is to control our own bodily um autonomy, integrity, okay? Um, it, this is a crime. It's genocide across the population uh, and it is, it, we will be leading to a dysfunctional society and um, the governments have breached every international human right government and doctors are breaching their medical ethics. Mm. They're mm. no longer allowed to put the patient's best interest first because they're required by the Medical Board of Australia to support government vaccination policies. And if they don't, they're, they're considered to be anti-vaccination, and complaints are being put in through powerful industry lobby groups uh, that make a complaint, and then these doctors doctors are being deregistered. So we have a very the, hypocritical situation happening.
0: Mm, but the um, I think the uh, one of the fir- the first rule of being a doctor is do no harm. Um, yet, we, and I. I, I talked to people about this before uh, the other day I was having a, a bit of a conversation with a, a guy at the gym and um, you know, he, he looks fine I should ask for my money back by the way it's not it's not, not working just at the moment um, but the the he was saying that his partner is I think four or five months uh, pregnant no, uh, you know, looking radiant and fabulous went to the doctor and said look do you think I should um, um, have the vaccine and the doctor said yes you should and she said, is it safe? And the doctor said, yes, it's safe. The, the issues that arise from that and from the doctors who are breaching their medical ethics by promoting uh, the vaccine or inverted commas vaccine because it's not a vaccine. I mean, how, how can they do that? I'm, I mean, surely you have, you don't become a doctor just to make money. You become a doctor to look after your fellow commu- you know, citizens, the, the, the community you live in the country you serve. So how can they promote a, a drug that they have no idea what's going to happen medium to, or even short to medium to long term and there's all this emerging evidence coming out now because mRNA vaccines have never worked. I mean some would say oh, they have to do as they're told but their first duty is to look after the patient and that's the quandary I have with doctors recommending this experimental drug.
1: That's a really good point Mike and I would like to address that uh, because um, it's exactly why I believe this will be overturned very soon and um, we already have medical doctors all over the world speaking up with integrity for their profession uh, because the depth of this this is that um, by controlling this knowledge Doctors are breaching the number one fundamental tenet of medicine, and that is that every drug must be given to people with advice regarding their own particular circumstances and genetics because of our genetic um, diversity. And so every doctor is breaching that right at this point in time. Now, the way we've arrived here is that the education of doctors is funded by the pharmaceutical companies, and particularly on vaccines, they've been getting... Uh, industry-funded science on vaccines and the control of infectious diseases for three decades now. Um, and as I said, they've rewritten the history of, of the control of infectious diseases, and that's why they were a bit horrified when uh, I went back to university and all of a sudden I have produced a uh, PhD on the history of the control of infectious diseases because it clearly shows uh, that it wasn't vaccines that were the main factor in reducing the risks of these diseases, um, and in fact, most of them hadn't even been developed and they're only being voluntarily used in the two or three that were developed. Um, so what we have here um, now is doctors uh, need to be re-educated and um, I will be um, let you know that the COVID Medical Network is the Australian network of doctors speaking up. And I am currently doing a lot of community talks and promoting the open letter that the COVID Medical Network has sent to GPs to provide them with this information about the drug, this this injection that is being presented as a vaccine, which is false advertising. Um, we're providing them now with the other side of, of, of this injection, which is genetic engineering on humans with unknown consequences, and it is a complete experiment. So it's up to the public now. We have to re-educate our doctors with this information. We also have lawyers now that have written a letter um, showing that this injection, will not prevent any transmission in the community. It will not prevent you getting COVID or even dying of COVID. And the pharmaceutical companies themselves have stated that in their trials, all they looked at was reducing the symptoms. And that's not a vaccine. That's just any old drug. You know, a drug reduces symptoms. That's why you take it. It's a cure. It's not a prevention. And as I said, if you look at the World Health Organization's definition of a vaccine, there's not a single criteria that it fulfills. So now it has become up to the, the public to uh, and these good doctors acting with integrity. Um, the COVID medical network, the US frontline doctors, um, uh, we now have to speak up because we've been working in a, a capitalist economic model of health that profits from our health. And that's how we've ended up in a medical tyranny. Now, the doctors that are awake, and there's lots of them, they haven't been able to speak up. Because as I mentioned before, without a voice in the media, you can't make a government accountable. Mm. And doctors speaking up would just get sidelined and lose their jobs. And that's what's been happening over the last few decades. And the same with a researcher like myself. We don't get the positions at university. They're just selected out. And without a voice to describe what's going on, it just gets hidden. Um, So there is hope here. Um, As Mm. you say, um, you know, the first... um, Uh, Doctors are required to put the patient's best interest first and to do Mm -hmm. no harm. But we now have doctors being permitted to literally kill people and harm them, seriously harm them, their quality of life's destroyed because they're calling this drug a vaccine, falsely. Um, And we now have governments actually sitting around in Australia for the first time in September this year. We've now got a compensation. Uh, sorry, a vaccine injury compensation program for COVID vaccine, right? Uh, Knowing, so they they know full well they're going to be harmed and killed with this drug and hundreds, Mm. there's literally been hundreds of thousands of deaths already after the injections. But when you've got a regulator like our therapeutic goods administrator that's 100% funded by the industry, they're manipulating those statistics even. Uh, And all the adverse events and deaths, they're underreported, you know, 10 times mm. underreported because it's only voluntary and, and pa- pub, the public's been falsely informed that the reactions only come out immediately after the injection. Uh, completely false. Mm. So I will describe the, the fact that we've all been educated for 30 years with false and misleading information coming from our health departments, coming from doctors because of their education. And this is called agnotology. It's actually um, a way of educating the public to be ignorant on the true risks and benefits of this drug. Uh, and simply we're being, we've been indoctrinated with labels. The anti-vaxxer, nobody wants to be an anti-vaxxer. So I've had academics of the highest level and uh, when I've tried to talk about our right to bodily autonomy and that being our fundamental inalienable right. Because there's no quality of life if you can't control what you inject into your body I've had the highest academics immediately as soon as I brought in the vaccination word, the V word, they would put their hands up. Oh, I'm pro-vaccine. I can't talk about fully informed consent to a medication, and that's where we are today. Simply, mm. we've been bullied and intimidated into this policy, and people have lost their jobs and reputation, as I did through Wikipedia, um, all the rest of it. And um, uh, so now it's about the public re-educating. The doctors, and they will step, step up because, as you say, Mike, they haven't gone into this profession to, to, to create sickness and, and, and kill people
0: mm. with
1: their knowledge. And an interesting point that I found out in my research uh, is that um, um, the World Medical Association and um, uh, states that doctors should never use their knowledge to remove human rights. And um, so what we have is a com- complete violation of all human rights, all medical ethics.
0: John, obviously there's a moral issue with governments pursuing mandatory vaccination under duress, including vaccination of the very young. Why do they do it? Oh, well,
2: pure criminality. I think, you know, Judy's covered a lot of ground with her explanation there. And what she's getting across very well is the issue that uh, there's been a complete abandoning of safety procedures and people are just rushing through to to cash in um, and one of the most important points here is that um, we're being told to vaccinate cohorts that were never part of the trials if for example the um, the drug trials that were undertaken last year were conducted on healthy people they were not conducted on, on children they were not c- conducted on the disabled or those with heart diseases they were not conducted on, on those people with um, underlying comorbidities. Um, as Judy rightly pointed out, we all have our own unique genetic makeup, and if you're just taking a very small sample of people to test the guinea pigs, if you like, they're the healthiest groups they could find to do the trials. And you know, and then from that you extrapolate to say it's perfectly safe to then vaccinate the young the elderly, those with you know co existing illnesses. This is completely unethical and and you know and arguably criminal on, on many levels. And what we need to bear in mind is that um, these authorizations are temporary authorizations in every nation. I mean Judy's doing a very good job giving the perspective from Australia, um, but at Principia Scientific International, we we do take a global view and obviously being english-speaking nations we focus on the the common law aspects of all this in every nation australia the uk the us canada you know every english-speaking nation has a basic legal structure under common law and anybody who recklessly and you know for self-interest promotes encourages or administers any medical procedure without giving full information on the adverse effects or you know the issues that should be known then they effectively are committing medical malpractice and if somebody dies you know in some jurisdictions that's in America they, they call it second or third degree murder in the UK we call it manslaughter you know um, We keep forgetting the key issue here. These authorizations are temporary. These are not vaccines under the legal definition of of vaccines. The manufacturer's applications, the phase three trials, um, they're not going to be completed until 2022, 2023. So everybody at the moment who has now been given the jab is technically a guinea pig. Mm. You're not being told the truth if you're going to your doctor and the doctor's saying, and you're asking, you're asking the doctor, is this safe? And if they say to you, yes, it's safe, well, they're lying. They're lying because they have no evidence. There, there is no um, clinical trial ever that's been successfully proven, you know, for, for, for children. I mean, we're going through the, through the list here. You know, anybody who's a hemophiliac, anybody who's had a, a heart condition, anybody who's had, a, you know, any kind of... Uh, health issue to do with uh, the, the key one obviously the, the key side effect is thrombosis we know thrombosis is the number one killer of anybody who's having an adverse reaction to these vaccines anybody who's being given a shot who has a pre-existing condition to do with, with their heart you know that effectively is a form of murder you know so in effect the politicians that the, the drug companies they are liable uh for genocide and you know that is not a term to be used lightly um because it all goes back to the nuremberg code mm. you know, judy rightly said these doctors are saying well we're only doing what we're told to do by the authorities well that's precisely the defense used in, in the nuremberg trial trials by 16 doctors performing ex- experiments on jews in, in concentration camps who mm. said we were following orders um, you know, therefore we're not liable. Well, those 16 p- doctors, they paid the ultimate price in their sentencing. You know, The executions that followed, you know, and the shock and horror around the world we ended up with us having the Nuremberg Code. The Nuremberg Code came into effect in 1947, endorsed universally through the UN. Every nation, every English-speaking nation, in effect um, took up you know, the Nuremberg Code not as a legal instrument but as an ethical instrument and any doctor that ignores that code and says i'm just following orders well they need to be given a very short sharp history lesson mm-hmm. because these doctors will be facing criminal procedures and in your country in australia the death toll will rise because as judy rightly says these uh, procedures they're not going to have an immediate effect in, in a sense, it's somewhat, if you talk to a toxicologist about uh, an effect like arsenic, for example. Arsenic is a very insidious poison. You, you give it in small doses. And if we're going to give uh, booster shots every season, you know, more and more of these pathogens, you know, these uh, toxins in the vaccines, the so-called, uh, you know, adjuvants. The adjuvants themselves are things like aluminum, you know, things like formaldehyde. You know, the, these are things that the, the immune system, our bodies, are not equipped to, to deal with. Yeah. And if you're giving it to children, for God's sake, young children, their, their immune system is developing. That, yeah. to anybody with a rational mind, that is effectively a death sentence to many people. Yeah. So you know, we, we're at the point, really, now where we're going to have to wake ourselves up and say, do we really want to repeat history? Do we really want to look at ourselves as the German people had to look at themselves critically
0: in 1945, after the war, and think, how did we let this happen? Last night, the, um, Judy, you would be aware of Andrew Bolt, um, used to be a, a libertarian, but now he's just a mouthpiece for, uh, for uh, the, yeah, the Murdoch family. But last night, he's talking about COVID-19 and how, uh, yeah, in, in New South Wales, the cases they're rising in fact there is uh he said there are 10 people in a hospital who are not vaccinated and he pointed at the camera and he said and it's your fault the ones that are spreading this misinformation you have blood on your hands and i thought i mean it's you know you know when you start screaming at the tv and then sanity does prevail and you realize he can't hear you but that alone is that it's a is a major distortion of the entire truth and you've had experiences you know trying to debate your research since 2009 uh, at university at conferences and public forums council venues uh, the conversation website facebook and mainstream media so you, you know how it all works first of all on andrew bolt for saying that you have blood on your hands for not recommending the vaccine How ugly is that?
1: It's a classic example of how they've been telling you how to think about vaccines and infectious diseases for decades. Mm. Okay, so, you know, um, they don't have to provide any evidence anymore. And even the statistics they're providing are being they're coming directly from the pharmaceutical companies and they're being framed by the pharmaceutical companies. So there's no transparency for the public, and they've always known that the media is a, a tool to manipulate public behaviour. So that was the key to the ultimate control of the population. Uh, so the evil is coming from um, people like Andrew Bolt who, who are using this system. And um, uh, we're literally at George Orwell. It's doublespeak. The opposite is, in fact, true. And, um, you know, this is a tragedy they've... They've been allowed to promote uh, this drug, um, you know, without any evidence whatsoever for its risks and benefits. And the real crime came in 1986. If you allow a drug to be put on the market with, uh, with that, without any liability for the harm that it causes, then of course they're not going to put money into actually determining if it's if it's um, safe or not. And at that point in history, they reversed the precautionary principle. Now, by reversing the onus of proof of harmlessness of a drug, uh, for 30 years they've been able to ignore all the overwhelming, not only scientific evidence in the peer-reviewed journals and medical journals, but parents. Parents are the ones that watch their children every day. They know full well these many of these diseases are occurring after the injections, after the vaccines, and particularly autism. And, and it's, uh, all, you know, every, all the medical journals state that to be a plausible cause of autism. But when governments are allowed to ignore that and they don't have to investigate direct correlations, mm. uh, simply for decades, we've now been, they've been now allowed to say that it's just a coincidence. Well, that's not evidence-based medicine. So they're claiming mm. to be promoting evidence-based medicine using words like coincidence. Uh, You know, and and using loaded words like anti-vaxxer, conspiracy theorists, um, you know, and denigrating and ridicule and bullying through the media. And people Mm. are accepting that. So they're using emotional arguments and they have done for for decades. And prior to that, they would refuse to look at the anecdotal evidence of parents' um, observations with children because they would claim it was emotional and biased and all the rest of it. And yet the, the medical industry complex for 30 years now has done exactly what Andrew Bolt did last night. Um, and uh, they've even changed the definition of um, vaccinated now. Um, so they're, they're claiming that you're not vaccinated even, even two weeks, until two weeks after you've had mm. that vaccine. So that's mm. another way of manipulating the figures. And so there's nothing transparent coming out of that TV. And um, you know, there's many strategies that I've experienced even on the conversation website. Of the denigration ridicule and bullying. It was just like Facebook, and yet they claimed to be a place for academic debate. And they mm-hmm. were using all sorts of strategies to break the thread of the conversation so people couldn't see the logic. And they'll use a red and a green flag to let people know what's a good comment and what's a bad comment. And of course, my reputation has been completely destroyed on Wikipedia and um, with false allegations of academic misconduct, which doctors are allowed to make anonymously and then publish in the media. And when the investigation went through at the university nine months later, the university wouldn't put out a press release to, to vindicate the um, in, um, research I had done on whooping cough. There were no changes made to that um, research. Um, and the public never then gets, it, it never gets validated to the public as um, credible research. And that's how they've removed the opposition to this policy to give this false Appearance of the consensus on the science, and it's
0: mm. evil. It's very evil. I think evil is probably the um, the word that sums up this whole exercise at the moment. And, and even to use the word exercise is a, an, an, an over exaggeration because exercise has got some some, some sort of positive thing to it. So it's this evil. It's like a, almost like a beast at the moment, uh, John. You because you're you're global, you come across these things all the time tell us more about how your organization works with you know such top-notch independent vaccine or medical experts such as uh, judy
2: yeah mike um yeah you know, principia scientific has been going just over 10 years now we initially started to expose the global warming fraud and we were keen to bring in applied scientists you know usually applied scientists are those who look at empirical evidence not computer models and we've always been uh, very keen on getting real data not the uh, spin you get in the media and like Judy rightly points out when you actually go and dig down deep and get the actual figures know, you find it's also 180 degrees a difference from what the media are telling you and um you know one of the successes of psi principia scientific is that we were very good at drawing out and recruiting scientists all around the world who remain true to the scientific method of testing you know comparing evidence not listening to spin not listening to diatribes and and, you know as judy says character assassination of experts just because somebody has a divergence of opinion or or interpretation of the data you know it's immoral unethical and anti-intellectual to then go on wikipedia and, you know, completely defame somebody like Dr. Weilyman, who's spent 30 years dedicating her life just to, you know, trying to encourage a full open debate. And, you know, an open debate is what the world needs. We're not getting that. And we're very fortunate because uh, we don't need to go out and recruit scientists. They come to us. You know, it's a snowball effect, Mike. You know, academics like Dr. Weilyman and others Who have been shunned by the peer review system shunned by their own professional colleagues shunned by academia now where do they go you know they can't have a voice on mainstream media so organizations like principia scientific international you know we're booming we're booming because we are a platform Mm -hmm. we we're you know what we're finding mike is if people you know you know your population in Australia if people went out on the streets and gathered together in groups and said "Enough is enough, the power of the group will be enough to bring an end to this by tamely going along with it and allowing a system to be rigged you know you 're effectively giving the victory to the big farmer, the corporations, the evil uh, you know psychopaths we call them the psychopaths, the billionaire class who, a lot of them, are eugenicists. They really want us all dead. And only the principal people, like Dr. Wileyman, who, you know, they put principle before profit, unlike Big Pharma, unlike a lot of doctors, who are too afraid of of, uh, losing their prestigious careers. You know, and Andrew Bolt, you mentioned Andrew Bolt, somebody I used to respect, but, uh, you know, it's hard to respect somebody who you know, abandons the one principle above all, one principle above everything else, that I think you've got to keep to, is openness, openness mm. and debate. And trying to shut people down by browbeating them and saying, well, you, you know, it's a for you to speak out against this and you're an anti-vaxxer. You know, that's anti-intellectual, that's anti-debate. And if you're gonna say that, Andrew, back it up with facts. Mm. You know and that's why Principia scientific is, is doing very well because dr wileyman and others will present facts will have a debate and you know thank god we still have the internet and thank god you know as long as we have a platform we will present the other side of the story
0: uh, john and judy uh the uh, just looking at the vaccine passports this is a, a fairly quick answer if you don't mind um you know, first of all, they're being introduced for a flu-like illness that's not a serious risk to the uh, majority of the population. There's successful treatments out there, early treatment, and they do work, contrary to what governments are trying to tell us. Why the big push? Uh, John, just to uh, get your opinion first, why the push for this vaccine well, passport? It has, the, has to be more, though, than, than just health. Yeah,
2: Mike, it's politics and we know it's politics because you're Australia, we know you you still have this strident uh, argument, you must have the vaccine passport here in the UK, lo and behold, Boris Johnson said, Nope, we're now binning it, there is no more um, vaccine passport mandate. And we have the same science you do, Mike, in Australia. And yet, our leader, our Prime Minister is saying no more vaccine passports. So draw your own conclusions there, Mike. Judy?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's very clear that it's got nothing to do with health. Okay, so all the directives that they brought in in 2020 for the first time in history, every one of them will make a healthy person sicker. And when Andrew Bolt and all his mates through the mainstream media talk about cases, they're talking about healthy people that have taken a fraudulent test, a test that doesn't diagnose disease and a test that's being run at amplifications so high that they can manipulate when to get a case of this disease. And they're locking up healthy people based on this fraudulent test. Mm. So uh, nothing to do with health. um, And it's all about population control and surveillance of the population. And um, sadly, uh, they talk about sustainability. And in the same breath, depopulation can occur through these methods as well. So there's a real agenda there that's um, coming through, and it's, it's essentially just um, population control, and they want to link this to a social credit system via mm. the um, digital digital financial system that they want to bring in.
0: We were talking yesterday with John off off, off air because we had no internet, um, but we were talking about um, the carpet salesman who's the uh, premier in um, in South Australia, Stephen Marshall. Now Stephen Marshall was on, and he was only on once talking about it. No one asked him the the relevant questions and nothing was brought up by the media. So obviously the story wasn't really meant to happen. And Judy, his story was that South Australia is developing this new app that will replace basically the QR app. But this new app, which if it works in South Australia will be made available to all of Australia, that it can follow you everywhere you go and can tell basically what you're doing, because it's for your safety. Now, how scary is that?
1: It is scary. And we know that artificial intelligence is at this level. And, you know, they've been monitoring soldiers and things and mm. their biometric mm. data for you know decades now. Um, and so it's just one more step to put that um, monitoring system into the body. And, um, yeah, it is scary. It's, um, it, it, you know, freedom's gone if, if we comply with a single one of these um directives any longer Uh, our health is being destroyed and we are being totally controlled and surveilled um by Mm. the by the governments
0: john tell us about your collaboration with dr weileman in a new book and what will it address and when the big thing when will the book be available
2: yeah. Okay, Mike. Um, you know, as we just said earlier, Do- Dr. Wileyman has had, has got ba- basically three decades working on this issue. You know, I don't think anybody's better placed to expose the backstory of what's been going on than Judy, and not only Judy, but we've got Dr. Saeed Qureshi, twenty-five years in um, in the National Health Service in Canada. You know, a lab expert exposing the lies about the PCR tests. There's not even an isolation of of any COVID virus. You know. So the book we're working on, and we're trying to bring it to market hopefully spring of 2022, it's a very important book, we're going to address for the layperson, the per- person who has no real scientific I- idea, no, no you know, grasp of what really is going on, we're trying to show them the facts, the real hardcore facts about vaccine safety, PCR testing, the virus isolation, big pharma misconduct, and the flaws in germ theory itself. So, you know, it's going to be a very important book. And the book is actually the working title we've got for it is Slaying the Vaccine Devil, Death of Germ Theory. It promises to be a blockbuster, Mike, and we hope to have it out by early, early summer, late spring.
0: If it's made into a movie, I can probably suggest a few um, of the medical fraternity, at least in Australia and a couple in the US that could probably play the part of a virus. That, um, so if you ever want some names, just let me know and I'll send you those names. But I'll, I'm not going to mention those because, you know, they'll take what little money I have off me. Uh, look, it's it's a terrifying uh, moment in our lives. Uh, quickly, John and Judy. Judy, first of all, is it going to get worse before it gets better?
1: Um, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a matter of waking up the population and getting a media um, enough um, uh, uh, con- we need to get this information to the public, and at, at the moment, there's only a few people standing up to present it. And um, without a media, um, there is no chance of, of, of um, breaking through. Um, mm. But I do believe we, w- we will win. The truth usually comes out, and um, humanity will win.
0: John?
2: Yeah, well, Mike, you know, my background is fighting the global warming fraud, and we've been doing that for 10 years very successfully. We now, you know, my colleagues uh, from that side of thing, climate science side of it, we d- exposed the greenhouse gas theory as fake. And we're, we're going to do the same thing with the, with the COVID thing. We're going to do the same thing with the vaccine fraud. And I'm very confident with the help of Judy uh, and other very well qualified experts that, you know, together we've got a tremendous book coming out and
0: we w- eventually we'll, we will win. Dr. Judy Weileman, uh, John O'Sullivan,